Hello and welcome to The Check-In, where we check in with each other on KBIA for community connection and conversation over the airwaves. So some of us are planners. We plan everything to the last detail and we like to be prepared. And that has made this time of uncertainty even harder. You can plan to a point, but then you ultimately have to live with a lot of unknowns right now. In the time in my life when I know I was most serious about plans might be both times that I was expecting a baby. Everything had to be anticipated and planned to the last detail. And many mothers and families are doing this with childbirth. The birth plan and the decisions leading up to the birth are a very big deal. So I've often thought about people right now expecting babies, what it's like to be planning a childbirth in this pandemic. So this is our conversation today. We're talking about planning a childbirth and giving Giving birth during a pandemic. We're going to be joined by Dr. Courtney Barnes. She's an OBGYN with MU Health, whose research specialties include lactation and low intervention births. Welcome, uh, Dr. Dr. Courtney Barnes. How are you? Thanks. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to have you. And let me just remind our listeners, you can join our discussion today. Are you or a family member planning a childbirth right now? What will be different about the plans you'd envisioned? And how are you dealing with the changes and the uncertainty? Maybe you've just been through the process of welcoming a new life into this new world we're in. We'd love to hear about your experience, how that went, how you're doing now. Uh, Dr. Barnes, let me start with, you know, this uh, pandemic has had a lot of changes to procedures and a lot of changes to the procedures for childbirth. Just to name a few, prenatal checks are largely by Zoom in a lot of places. Prospective mothers and parents are quarantining or isolating as much as they can um, and then being tested right before the due date, I believe. And some parents are electing to induce labor and uh, some hospitals are actually uh, uh, suggesting or recommending the inducing labor. That's a huge change, I think. And then another big change, visitors and birth partners are, are restricted in some ways throughout the process. Can you just confirm, Dr. Barnes, you know, what are the main changes to childbirth right now that you're seeing? And how are you seeing the new parents that you're dealing with um, deal with these changes? Sure. Well, as far as prenatal care goes, um, about half, I would say, of my visits now are being done through Zoom or telehealth. And that has been um, a, a pretty major change. And we have been talking about potentially doing those types of visits for a long time, but the epidemic and pandemic really sort of spurred us to change our, our, our style of care pretty rapidly. And that has been surprisingly great. Um, yeah. I have loved getting to see patients in their home um, in the comfort of their own home, drinking coffee and and um, get to see them in a relaxed setting. Um, also, patients now, I encourage them to get blood pressure cuffs and to manage their, you know, check their weight and sort of involving them in their prenatal care has also been really great from that perspective. In some ways, I, I plan to continue some of those visits through Zoom even after this is all over. Wow. Okay. So one change that, uh, and I feel like other doctors and providers have talked with us about this, that going electronic in some ways, uh, also sharing medical records and prescri- doing uh, prescriptions electronically, um, and Zooms, you know, ramping up those efforts have been a bit of a silver lining. So so that's good. What else? Mm-hmm. What, what are the more difficult things, if any, that you're seeing? Well, I think sometimes, you know, we have patients that need to come in for either Mm -hmm. some routine 
testing that's part of prenatal care or maybe they're having a complication and, and sometimes patients have a lot of anxiety about coming to the clinic or coming to the hospital. And so that's challenging, you know, helping patients um, figure out a way to do that and in a way that's comfortable for them and that they feel safe. Um, we have been, one of the great things about being in a more rural setting is we have had lower rates of um, the virus than yes. larger cities. So that has been great. And I think that's, you know, put some of our patients' minds at ease. So if they need to come in, um, they, they can come in. But we also have lots of safety um, mechanisms in place so that we try not to have patients that are symptomatic walking through the hospital. Um, we try to have people wearing masks at all times in the hospital um, so that asymptomatic um, respiratory droplets are not being spread, that sort of thing. We call patients ahead of time and do a symptom review, and if they have symptoms, then we defer their appointment and get testing for them. Okay. So there are lots of things that we're doing to try and keep healthcare providers and our patients safe. Okay, sounds good. And what would you say are the main concerns that you're hearing from mothers? And, and what are you telling them about the process to keep in sure. mind? Sure. I mean, I would say even before this pandemic, you know, trying to empower patients to know what the evidence is behind all of their decisions that they're making around birth and parenting, um, trying to fit all of that into the confines of, of prenatal care visits, is, is challenging even without a global pandemic <laughs> occurring. So yes. um, you certainly have patients that um, come in and just sort of will do whatever you tell them to do. And then, and then more and more we have patients that come in really wanting to understand the evidence behind all of the decisions they're making and empowered to understand everything. So, so I spent a lot of times talking about that in general even before this. So the pandemic has certainly added a lot more concerns about, you know, recommendations that are changing even hourly. There was, there was a time at the beginning of this that, you know, information was pouring in by the minute. And so, you know, just trying to, number one, know what the information is myself, but also be able to relay that to patients in a way that they can understand and process the information. So, um, so things are constantly changing, which is stressful for patients as well. Um, so I would say the things that patients are really concerned about right now would be recommendations on, should I be tested before I come to the hospital? What if I don't want to be tested? You know, is that going to affect the way that I'm treated or is that going to affect the care that I get? Um, you know, is an induction recommended? What if I'm positive or what if I have symptoms? Is my baby going to be taken from me without, you know, any control over that? Yes. And all of those things which are understandably anxiety-provoking. Um, and then, of course, you add in what if I get COVID? What does that mean for my baby? Can I breastfeed? All of those things as okay. well. Great. Let's unpack all of that. We want to talk about visiting policy, family. We want to talk about birth partners, what they're doing. We want to talk about the um, separation of babies and mothers or not. Um, we want to unpack all of this with Dr. Courtney Barnes. Let me just remind uh, listeners, you're checking in with us on the check-in. We're talking with Dr. Cart Courtney Barnes. She's an OBGYN with MU Health here in Columbia. We're talking about planning a childbirth and giving birth during this pandemic. Are you planning a childbirth? What is on your mind? What are you thinking about? We'll unpack a lot of these details. Let us know what's on your mind. What is your plan? What's your workaround? And also, uh, maybe you've just recently experienced uh, this milestone event during this pandemic. And welcome 
welcome to new life into this new world. Let us know how it went for you. I think a lot of people would benefit from hearing your story. Um, Dr. Barnes, you mentioned that you have been involved with low-intervention pregnancy preparations and support groups um, since before the pandemic. So let me just ask generally before we unpack a lot of these details, um, are you seeing disappointment in these in what's going on? I mean, I suppose disappointment might be a little bit of an understatement that some families yes, and mothers are feeling. So. Yeah. Um, what, how are, know, how are they dealing with that? For moms that have, you know, been planning this for so long and and it just is not yes. fair. It's not yeah. fair to moms that, you know, that, that this, this unprecedented, unprecedented time is invading on their, their birth. So disappointment is definitely an understatement. Um, and I think sometimes just validating that, that, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, you're going to have some grief, you're going to have feelings of loss, and all of that is very understandable. Yes. Um, and, and so just helping patients process that I think is, is super important. Um, you know, trying to prepare patients for things that can be unexpected is really part of my role of making sure that people leave the hospital not feeling traumatized after their delivery on a, on a good day. Um, and rolling with the punches is a whole different thing in the middle of this. So I think um, trying to prepare patients for if this, then that is really important. Um, so, and that takes a lot of time, for All sure. Right. Yeah, that's... That's great. That's that uh, sounds like a big job you've got on your hands that that you necessarily you know haven't is be very difficult to prepare for having that kind of conversation. Um, but there it is. Those are the sort of conversations you're having right now. Let me just remind listeners again: we're on the check-in and we're talking about childbirth planning and what the experience of childbirth is like right now. How it's going? How are your plans taking shape if you're planning a childbirth right now? And uh, Dr. Barnes, let's go ahead and take a call. We have uh, Lindsay calling from Centralia. Yeah. Uh, Lindsay, thanks for your call. And I think you you recently worked with Dr. Barnes and brought a new life into the world. Is that correct? I did two weeks ago today. Congratulations. Thank you. How was your experience? Uh, my experience was very great. I was very um, thrilled with how um, my induction went. It was very smooth. Um, uh, just was very... Um, thrilled with how um, the process went with being, you know, being induced. This was my first baby. So um, especially with the COVID stuff going on, not knowing what to expect, um, bringing a new child into the world, it was just a very smooth process. So, All right. Uh, it's so great to have your, your story and your call, Lindsay. What advice would you give or what would you like to tell um, mothers and families uh, and parents and dads uh, expecting a baby right now and going into this? What what would you like them to hear from you? Um, that um, I definitely um, did experience some anxiety, um, you know, especially not um, having the experience of bringing a baby into the world. And so, um, especially during this time, just, uh, um, you know, not worry about, you know, what, um, what, what could go wrong or um, just be open-minded with your questions as, you know, the nurses with the university and doctors are um, very open with answers and very honest with, you know, 
what questions you might have. They're not going to, you know, sugarcoat anything. And so um, I definitely had a great experience, even though Dr. Barnes wasn't able to be there to um, deliver my baby. The other doctors that were there were very great and nurses. And we actually um, received a card in the mail from the nurses that actually took care of us in the hospital. So um, just them taking that extra milestone of showing that they care and um, was just really great. That's great. I'm so glad that the experience went well for you. Lindsay, one last question before you get off the line, if you don't mind answering. Uh, I imagine it was different who you were able to have with you, um, or maybe you would have kept it fairly minimal anyway. Was was it different for your birth partner um, or for family? How were they able to experience this with you? Um, So we did keep in touch with family during the whole process. Even though they weren't able to physically be there, we were able to, you know, call them through video so they were still able to see you know the baby and um it was kind of nice just we were weren't expecting to limit visitors you know if visitors were allowed to be there but it was just nice over the 24 to 48 hour period after she was here just just it to be you know her myself and my husband just to be able to enjoy the first you know few hours with her um was great and so I definitely think if we were to um you know have another baby we would uh, definitely um probably change um of you know limiting visitors even if we weren't um they're mm-hmm. in a pandemic like we are now just you know being able to enjoy that you know the first few hours of just Yes, you know it being our family, and so that okay. was really great. Even though the hours went by really slow with it just being us three, um, and you know not really having anybody there to keep us, you know, company with family and stuff, it was definitely great just having us three there. So all right, yeah. So a little bit of the quiet worked out well for you and yes, our, our reporter. Rebecca Smith uh, has a feature up on KBIA.org where she just um, did a feature about childbirth and preparing. And she had uh, spoke to some families who said that, that the quiet and the limited was, was might have been a little bit of a silver lining to have the quiet around you (laughs) during this time. It was. And definitely another thing that I would suggest patients, you know, if they do choose, you know, Dr. Courtney Barnes as a provider that, you know, her centering program is really great. Um, just to kind of have that group setting of, you know, you're not the only one with the same question or, you know, questions. Um, And so being able to be in a group setting with other people who have the same concerns um, was really great too, just to know that you're not standing alone. Okay. Lindsay, uh, yeah. Well, congratulations again and best of luck to you as you move forward. And and, uh, thanks for the call. You're welcome. Thanks. Uh, Dr. Barnes. uh, Yeah. Lindsay is, is mentioning your centering program, which is yes. a, a group uh, that you lead before the mm-hmm. pandemic. Um, now it's probably by Zoom with a sort of group prep with the, where you have kind of a support group as you plan your childbirth. Mm-hmm. How does that so go? Before the pandemic, we were doing 8 to 12 moms and their support people that would go through pregnancy all together. And in certain patient populations, it's been shown to decrease the risk for preterm birth, very low birth weight infants, postpartum depression and um, improve um, breastfeeding outcomes. And I would say patients have responded so positively to the experience. And I get to spend 20 hours with each of the groups. So they really get a lot of opportunity to uh, be comfortable with me and I get to know them. 
and it's it's just been a really positive experience. Of course, when all this started, we were very nervous about continuing the group, so we stopped them for a period of time. And then we are going to restart them um, in the second week of June, and we are going to have smaller groups with um, the appropriate spacing and all of those restrictions. But it's so important to keep pregnant women connected to one another. We're not really supposed to do this journey alone. And so um, getting those groups back up and running has been really an important, um, an important task for us. All right. Sounds terrific. I would have loved that. Let me just remind listeners we're checking in on the check-in together right now and talking about childbirth planning, what the experience of childbirth is like right now. Let us know what's going on with you. If you're planning a childbirth, how is that going? How are your plans taking shape? How does your plan right now compare to what you expected it to be? Um, Do you have questions or comments for our guest, Dr. Courtney Barnes? Um, Or maybe you've recently been through the process of welcoming a newborn into this world. We'd love to hear how that went for you and your family. We also have another voice we'd love to bring in right now. Uh, Katie Miller is a midwife here in Columbia. Katie, thanks for your patience and thanks for joining us on the check-in. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well. Glad to be here. So what thoughts do you have and what are you seeing with the clients that you're working with as they plan childbirth? Your clients are probably uh, moms and birth partners that really want to do this as naturally as possible. What are you hearing about their concerns and and what are the workarounds that you're finding? Well, uh, a lot of folks are concerned uh, about some of the restriction on uh, visitation at the hospital. So we've gotten Mm -hmm. some folks who have... Uh, transferred kind of late to care to uh, change their plans at the last minute, and that was kind of their main concern. Um, I am having people who are worried about how to manage visitors after the birth. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they don't know exactly what the best policy is as far as uh, having relatives come and meet the new baby. They certainly want to have their relatives meet the baby, um, but they, you know, have a certain amount of fear related to that. So uh, trying to wade through all of the uh, new information that's constantly changing and the uh, different opinions being expressed uh, and trying to figure out what's a good plan for that to happen and kind of erring on the side of caution and, and maybe delaying those first meetings um, or conducting them in a different way than we usually picture, like via Zoom or you know, through through the storm door, uh, however that works for everybody. Um, and then, of course, you know, I work primarily with low-risk uh, expectant parents who are planning an out-of-hospital birth, and if that plan changes, if they develop a condition in pregnancy or the labor does not go in a way that it would make staying at home beneficial um, or something develops postpartum, then they have to kind of face that uh, concern over going to the hospital and kind of making the decisions about that uh, change of care plan. Katie, uh, do you think a home birth is a good option right now for people? And are parents more interested right now? Are you seeing an increase in in the services of home birth right now? Well, I think a home birth is always a good option, no matter what's going on in the world. Uh, you certainly need to uh, talk to your care provider, meet with a home birth midwife, and discuss your health condition and risk factors to decide for yourself and with with that input what would be the best place for you to plan a birth but it's always a good idea to consider that an option um, especially low-risk pregnancies as a very good option for them Um, 
but especially right now, if you if you don't need to be in the hospital, uh, then there's every reason to consider home birth. You can avoid those risks altogether, hopefully, if everything goes smoothly, which with low-risk pregnancies is, is quite likely to happen. Um, so I think that is a very good option for people. We did see quite a spike in interest right when everything kind of came together in uh, March uh, and did have a number of late transfers to care of people who are delivering around this time. Um, but that has, has largely eased off a bit. We are seeing a little bit of an increase in people looking for care uh, for births, expected delivery dates in the next few months, uh, but not quite so much as it was right when uh, the whole uh, shutdown of a society got started. So that has leveled out a bit. Okay, uh, Katie, if it's okay with you, um, stay on the line with us. We might have listeners and people wanting to join in with questions for you about home birth um, as they're making their plans and decisions. Let me just remind our listeners, you're listening to the check-in. We're checking in with Dr. Courtney Barnes with MU Health right now. We also have Katie Miller, who's joined us. She's um, a midwife here in Columbia. We're talking about childbirth planning, what the experience of childbirth is like right now. You can join us. What are your plans? Have you recently welcomed a new life into this new world? We'd love to hear from you how that went. Um, Dr. Barnes, you um, were involved in a discussion, I think, online um, about the medicalization of childbirth. Um, You have worked for low intervention strategies, I think, um, in your research. Um, how is the pandemic illuminating any issues we have with over-medicalizing childbirth, especially in the United States, if at all? What do you think about that? Well, I think um, I think you see different um, you see a different response in different parts of the country. I think some um, parts of the country have said, "Oh, we should keep people out of the hospital." Um, so we really should avoid inductions. And other places have said, well, you know, if you're asymptomatic at 39 weeks, we should go ahead and have a baby so that, you know, we can avoid having you in the hospital if you're symptomatic and um, sort of avoid all of the stresses of, you know, transmission to the baby and, and all of those sorts of things. And I know one thing that, um, well, I wanted to talk just a little bit about, too, like, what is the discussion like at our hospital, at least, about induction and things like that? And, yes. um, and you know, some people are recommending induction. Um, some people are not. Um, obviously, we want people to have the lowest risk of infection when they come to the hospital for the safety of all the healthcare workers, also the other mothers and the babies. So, you know, we're encouraging people to minimize exposure to um potentially COVID-positive people prior to coming to the hospital, and then um, recommending that people get the nasal swab a few days before they come into the hospital. Um, that's not something that's mandatory. Mm-hmm. It's just something that um, that we are recommending. Um, are, are the MU and Boone hospitals, Dr. Barnes, recommending early inductions as well? I don't know. I don't think that... Um, I don't know what the policies are at Boone. The conversation I have with my patients is we just want you to be asymptomatic when you're having your baby. Um, So if you are at very low risk of being exposed, then, you know, an early induction isn't necessarily indicated. And then I just discuss them like normal. You know, we discuss, you know, what the patient wants because it has so much to do with 
how they're feeling, how their pregnancy is going. Do they have a medical indication for induction? Do they want to have an unmedicated birth? Because um, having a, a long induction can be more difficult if you... Um, you know, if you're planning unmedicated birth. So, so patients who don't want an epidural, we, you know, some of those patients really want to go into spontaneous labor. So we just have a discussion about the risks and benefits and, um, and support patients just like normal. Okay. Are you, Dr. Barnes, are you encountering some misconceptions that you'd like to clear up? It seems like another big concern is the separation of baby and mother, uh-huh. um, which may have happened in some places, but there's a lot that's not known about how this virus has spread. I think the CDC says that there's um, very little risk at all from a, you know, the virus being transmitted between mother and baby. Um, but different pla- the, the, the advice changes and you're having to deal with information as it, as it unfolds. Um, what, what, how are you having the conversation? about separation of baby and mother, that possibility? Initially, the CDC statement was pretty strong about, you know, we should encourage separation. Um, ACOG still recommends encouraging separation. Um, I would say that my discussion with patients is really more discussing what the evidence that we know and what is the risk and benefit of both options. So we know that breast milk offers many, many benefits to babies and to mothers, um, decreasing the risk for infection and SIDS and certain types of cancers, and we know that it also is very important to mothers. And so we know what those risks are. We know what the risk of separation is as far as decreasing breastfeeding outcomes, affecting bonding. Um, We know that skin-to-skin contact is critical to babies. Um, so we know what the, the risks are of separation. Um, the risks of staying together are very unclear, um, you know, and, and I am always fascinated. I mean, the, the human body pregnancy women are amazing. How many times does the physiology, uh, maternal fetal physiology have to prove itself through history of all the thousands and thousands of communicable illnesses we have, there are very few that are transmitted through breast milk. Um, breast milk is very protective um, of babies. So I, I always think it's interesting that our go-to is that somehow the, the female body is not going to function the way that it's intended to function. Um, so I discuss all of those things with, with patients, and then I also, as always, just remind patients about what their rights are and what, um, how to speak for themselves, how to find their voice. Because a lot of times, and this is not true necessarily just in our hospital, but this is true, I think, in, in the entire United States, is that sometimes patients um, get swept away in routine policies, routine protocols, and don't realize they have a voice and they can say, wait, let's, let's stop. Can we talk about what that, what that means? Can we talk about what the risks are? Can we talk about what my other options are? What if I don't do that? Um, and I think that's a really important skill to learn, not only when you're laboring, but also when you're raising a child. Because when you're going to your health care provider for your child, sometimes you, know, you get swept away in that too and don't realize that you can ask questions. And it's really important to advocate for your own health and to be knowledgeable. So this pandemic is no different than all of the other things that we do to people. You know, I want patients to understand why we're doing those things and then also let them understand that they can say no if they if they want to. All right. We need to wrap up. Let me just ask for any last word. Katie Miller, would you uh, like to just take a moment to respond? We've just got about 10 seconds. Any response to what you've been hearing? 
Uh, I just agree wholeheartedly with everything that Courtney is just saying. It's really important to be an educated consumer and to advocate for yourself. You are the autonomous decision maker for yourself and your baby, and you should be empowered to do that. All right. Great last words. Thank you, Katie, for joining us. Thank you also, Dr. Courtney Barnes. Any last words for anyone out there making these plans right now? Nope. Just um, just talk to your provider and, and find a plan that feels really comfortable to you. All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Barnes, for joining us today. Thanks for having me. All right. That's it for today's check-in. Thanks again to Dr. Courtney Barnes. Also, thanks to Katie Miller for joining us today. Thank you for checking in with us. Uh, the check-in is produced by Christopher Husted, who's also expecting a baby right now. Um, also, we produce with KBIA News Director Ryan Famuliner, Zia Kelly, and Hannah Franz. You can see KBIA's health reporting at kbia.org, including Becky's recent feature on childbirth. That's Rebecca Smith's feature. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow, same time, same place. We're talking about Missouri's history and crisis. You can join us. I'm Janet Saidi. Until then, stay well and stay in touch.